It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich, I have just been trying to hang on and keep up uh, at my age, and I still have this bad cough and cold and one thing or another, and I'm just trying to trying to watch it happen as war- at warp speed, for goodness sakes. Um, so anyway... Uh, what say you now? If I remember the way you Christmas shop, well, you wait until the last minute and then and then wrap it in your own unusual, distinguished way. But everybody has a good time, don't they? Oh, listen, everybody's getting popcorn from me this year. Oh, right? <laughs> tell you what, tell you I've what, I've got folks, a good source. We were in a restaurant just, what was that, yesterday or the day before or whatever. And uh, the waiter, he was so nice and, uh, and he smiled and, and he said, you know, happy holidays or something like that. Oh, no, 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 sir. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. And he looked at me with a big smile and he said, oh, he said, I'm just glad to know. I'm glad to know that I'm among people that recognize what it is. And I thought, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? This is, folks, listen to me now. This is a time when we say, That's one of my favorite Christmas yeah, uh, carols. And that, that's the truth, Rich. That gets you in the Christmas that, spirit. How, how many years ago was that song written? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to look that up. I tell you now, folks, as you're talking to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, maybe if you're lucky enough to be a school teacher, it would sure be nice if you could tell them what we're about to hear. But it would depend on the school, wouldn't it? It would depend on the authorities. It would depend on this, this structure. I tell you, Rich, I don't know whether people have voted this way or voted that way or whether the person they wanted to get into office got into office or not. That really is not the purpose right now. But I am filled with hope. Mm-hmm. I am filled with anticipation because I feel America is about to experience freedom, religious freedom, an opportunity, and education for every youngster, whether it's in this part of town or that part of town, but a solid education. And uh, and a lot of other things. I just kind of have that feeling. But it starts, doesn't it, when, you know, I, I've been thinking uh, the two things that are so important. 
Now, all of your organs are important. My word, your appendix, apparently that isn't so important because people used to take that out when I was a kid almost as a matter of course. Take, let's take his appendix out as long as we got him open because uh-huh. that doesn't matter anyway. But you do have certain organs, but the heart and the mind are so important. The heart and the mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because the heart and the mind will control your actions. The heart and the mind will control the direction of your life. The heart and the mind will control what that little boy grows up to be or that little girl thinks of themselves and what they grow up to be. All of that is so as important. So I would say gather the kids around and talk about it and do it this way. Listen to what Eddie Arnold says. When I was but a youngster, Christmas meant one thing, that I'd be getting lots of toys that day. Oh, I learned a whole lot different when Mother set me down and taught me to spell Christmas this way. Is for the Christ child born upon this day. H for herald angels in the night. R means our truth. Now, you were looking this up while this song was playing, and we started out with Joy to the World, and I said, when was that song written? And you can now tell us. 1719 by Isaac Watts. He wrote other hymns such as um, Come Ye That Love the Lord and When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, and Joy to the World was not originally written as a Christmas song. Uh, It's really referring more to the second coming of Christ. But it's just an amazing history, and that's part of our Christian heritage. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I tell you what, I'm getting all revved up here thinking about all of this now. Um, are we telling our children the reason that we give presents? The kids, kids grow up thinking about themselves left to their own devices. They have to learn to think about somebody else. 
So do they really know why presents are exchanged at Christmas time? It isn't for what you get, it's what you have learned to give and to share. Because Christ, they, they brought presents when he was born. The wise men brought their presents, the shepherds brought their presents, and so on and so forth. And in the name of Christ, and to celebrate his birth, is why we give presents to other people. Because Christ said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might, and so on and so forth. But the second is as important as the first, and that is that you love your others as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself, your neighbor, absolutely. Well, let's see now. The first Christmas... Uh, we could say, let's find out about that. The and, first Christmas gift. And, and here it is. Wow, look at all these presents. And look at the big one in the corner. It has my name on it. This is going to be a great Christmas. Yeah. What was the first Christmas present, Daddy? Daddy? I know. It was gold brought by the wise men. No, it was incense and myrrh. Was it a bicycle, Daddy? <laughs> Well, that came a little bit later, honey. But the first Christmas present, the very first Christmas present, was given on a crystal clear starry night a long, long time ago. Where did it come from, Daddy? The first Christmas gift came from above, wrapped in starlight, tied with love. Given with joy, a sweet baby boy, a gift for you and me. Oh, baby daddy? That's right, honey. And his name was Jesus. Jesus was born when the world needed love. Someone to show. Christmas gift came from above, wrapped in starlight, tied with love, given with joy, a sweet baby boy, a gift for you and me. Tell me more about Jesus. Okay. Only a few Sweet baby boy, 
nice rich now if you listen to those little voices they're young but they're they're gathered around their dad and he's telling them about christmas um and and sharing things that they'll carry with them the rest of their life you know sometimes you can overlook a child that's only two or three years old and just pass them by and don't really take time with them but those little minds are like dry sponges and they soak it up and what they hear from their parents and their home and then their their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and then out into the wider culture, all of that goes in to what that child becomes later, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, God designed it so that we are supposed to have a loving mother and a father. And uh, I know I have one. Well, and uh, both of I have both of those. Yeah. And, uh Christmas and grandparents, and too, by the grandparents way. <laughs> and a, a Christian heritage is so wonderful. But um, Christmas is a time where families celebrate togetherness, and they also celebrate the gift that was sent on that yeah. very first Tell Christmas. Tell you what, and people who don't have what you just described, believe me, that's when other people can fill the gap. Because I'll tell you, you can be a grandparent, you can be an aunt, you can be an uncle, you can be a neighbor. You can be a friend. You can reach out and help people and fill in those gaps and really care about somebody else as well as yourself. It's kind of the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, Rich, here we are at Christmas. Here we are at Christmas. And, of course, during the election season, life itself was part of the discussion. Because if a person isn't pro-life, I don't know how they make it through Christmas. Maybe they just turn off part of their brain. Maybe they just kind of ignore the obvious. But Christmas is about the birth of Christ. Christmas is also about the conception of Christ. You see, both God and man and all of that. Now, here's a story that I think ought to bless our heart. And uh, it's a Christmas story in so many ways because it has a real happy... um, a first-of-its-kind surgical procedure at the University of California at the Davis, you see, Children's Hospital had a happy ending just in time for Christmas holidays. Now, this has a byline here of December 8th. Uh, Doctors are celebrating. Isn't that nice to have doctors celebrate? Isn't that nice to have doctors celebrate their good work to help people? to care about people, to use their skill and their education and whatever they have learned to bring about good things. So doctors are celebrating a successful fetal surgery. Now, fetal surgery, which you know what fetus is? I, I, I suppose I always knew it, but I heard somebody say the other day, and I thought, yeah, that's right. I think fetus is Latin for baby or little child. So anyway, let me go back. Doctors are celebrating a successful fetal surgery on a baby boy while he was still growing in his mother's womb. This is a fresh story, folks. The mother and father named their little boy Matthew, which means a gift from God. 
Isn't that something? It's perfect. So they're very happy. Let's see. Uh, the the mother, she said, every moment, every moment, I'm thinking when I'm driving, please, God, please, God, take care of my son. Please, God, take care of my son. And the father is so happy. But the doctors performed the life-saving surgery while the child was still in the womb. Uh, and the, the article goes on to explain the procedure and what the difficulty was and everything else. But you see, this child is a life for whom Christ died. And every child is. It's only how we think of it, only how we react to it, only how we care for it and care about it. That's what God charges us with, isn't it? The life of a human being is not nearly as important from beginning to end. I mean, my word, it's always too soon. When a person dies as a child, we really weep and we really mourn, uh, all of that. And then if they die as a teenager or then a young adult and on and on and on, and finally they get old, and, and it, it comes to the end sooner or later. But the important thing is, do we care? That's the question. And I think at Christmas time, anyone who hasn't thought it through, that the life of a child, born or unborn, is still the life of a child. And doesn't Christmas teach us that? Well, let me turn a page a little bit. Right now, with the congestion of traffic, and you don't know about the weather, weather could be very uncertain. We could have snow and ice and calamity and difficulty. Uh, there was a big fire. Where was that huge big fire in Oakland, California? You know, big warehouse or something caught on fire and all that sort of thing. Who did they call? They called the people who are employed to keep order and to help people and to do their job. So they called the firemen, of course, but they also called the police. The first responders. The first responders. Um, Rich, do you realize that uh, what was his name there in Ferguson, Missouri, the policeman? I forget his name. Now, come on and help me. Help me. I'm an old man. Mm -hmm. You ought to have a better memory than I am. But what was his name? But he had been holding a child in his arms, waiting for the ambulance to come. Happened to be a black child, waiting for an ambulance to come with the mother, take that little baby to the hospital. Darren Wilson, that was his name. Ha, ha, about that. Uh, well, it's your story. Well, my, my, <laughs> my, my neurons are firing quicker than yours are. I know. So anyway, he, that's what he'd been doing. And then, and then when, when the ambulance came and the mother and the little baby were on their way to the hospital, then, then, he, then his patrol car, the radio came off, and there had, been, there had been an armed action, an armed robbery or something like that at some quick trip place. And so he was on his way there, and I'm sure he was frazzled. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he was just tired. Maybe he was irritable. I don't know. But the next thing is, here's this 18-year-old Michael Brown, and he gets in a belligerent mood, and he's in the middle of the street. He won't get out of the middle of the street when the policeman is speaking to him. So on and so forth. So people know the end of that story. That's a shame for both people. But Darren Wilson That's was doing tragedy. his job. The city had hired him to keep order. The city had hired him to uphold the law. The city had hired him when he's in uniform to give orders, and people are supposed to respond to that properly. So anyway, I have another story here. It is a byline of December 7th, and uh, 
America's Georgia. I don't know how close that would be to Atlanta, but it's someplace down there in Georgia, probably not a very big town, but two officers in America, Georgia, have been shot in an incident in that little town. This just happened. Uh, in a press conference at about 1.15 last Wednesday, uh, the police uh, chief, Mark Scott, said that one police officer was killed and the other was wounded just near the campus of Georgia Southwestern State University. Isn't that something? And, uh, and then it goes on to tell about the whole story. And I thought, well, those two officers, one trying to get well, get his health back, I don't know if he'll want to keep being an officer or not. Then the other one was killed, and his family aren't going to have much of a Christmas. But that's why in our society we've got to have order. We've got to be orderly in what we do and how we plan our activities and everything else. You've got to elect responsible people who want to be leaders, who want to take care of the interests of the people and make it work out. And that's why you have, that's why you elect people to do certain things. That's why you elect a school board to take care of the school district and then they'll hire a superintendent that amounts to something and will teach the children right from wrong, teach them good and bad, as well as teach them what they're supposed to learn about multiplication tables in American history and everything else down the line. So when we no longer have order, we kind of end up with a mess. Well, this story about highway trooper Bob Welch is a Christmas story. And I just loved it the first time I heard it. That reminds us that everyone, everyone lives their life. They do what they do throughout their life. And then they get old and they retire. And society has a way of kind of passing them by, kind of forgetting about them. But older people tend to sit and they enjoy the memories of times past and the things that happened years ago. And this particular trooper on this particular evening was kind of reflecting. Listen to the story with me. I'm going to tell you a story from my highway patrol days. I simply call this my Christmas Eve. The hours late should go to bed, near midnight, I believe. But memories keep me wide awake this snowy Christmas Eve. Yes, memories of my kids moved on. Each has their separate life. And how the holidays have changed since angels took my wife. The toys, the food, the Christmas cheer. My wife would bear the load because I would work most holidays, state trooper on the road. Just sitting in my easy chair, so many years retired, I reminisce on times gone by and all that has transpired. Of all the many happenings that seemed to come to light, a multitude of them occurred right on this very night. A drunken woman in Iraq who died on Christmas Eve leaves memories of a tragic case most people can't believe. I had to drive to where she lived to tell her next of kin, found the run-down mobile home she had been living in. The person answering the door, I still recall today, a little girl, about four years old, she said, I'm Sue McKay. I asked her if her dad was home and felt the longest pause. She said, my daddy ran away. You must be Santa Claus. My mommy said you'd come tonight if I just stayed in bed and bring a pretty doll for me. It's what my mommy said. 
I broke the law that Christmas Eve, did not call child's care. They'd merely put her in a room, and that I couldn't bear. I picked her up and took her home. My wife tucked her in bed and wrapped a pretty doll for her, just like her mommy said. Adopted by a loving home, and soon they moved away. I won't forget that Christmas Eve and little Sue McKay. Another bitter Christmas Eve, a blizzard to behold, had left a family in the ditch just trapped there in the cold. By grace of God, I spotted them all cold and gaunt with fright, drove them to a motel room to safely spend the night. One Christmas Eve, a homeless man, shivering and wet, was trying hard to get a ride I'm sure he'd never get. I picked him up and drove him to a diner on the hill to warm his bones and left him with a $5 bill. Strange how when you're all alone with memories you recall, you think of everything you've done. Was it worth it all? I think about my God, my job, my children, and my wife. Would I do it all the same? Could I relive my life? Then comes a knock upon my door. This late, who could it be? A neighbor or a Santa Claus come to visit me? The figure standing in the cold gives me a sudden fright. A trooper with that solemn look, dear God, who's died tonight? I'm flashing back through bygone years and how I'd often stood on someone's porch to bring them news, and it was never good. Is this how life gets back at me for misery I've induced, where pain I've caused some other folks has now come home to roost? But looking in the trooper's eyes, my mind is in a whirl. I see a pleasant countenance. The trooper is a girl. She smiled and reached to shake my hand, and silence wasn't broke until a tear rolled down her cheek, and then she softly spoke. I'm sure you don't remember me, but thought I'd stop and say, God bless you on this Christmas Eve. I'm Trooper Sue McKay. Man, Rich, I don't... You know, I think we ought to be using that all year long. I love that story, especially in the context of what we see happening with the the police being targeted all over the country. Has always happened. I know this. At any time when I was a child or when I was a teenager or a young adult or whatever, even at my age now, for goodness sake, if there's a problem, call the police. If you need help, call the police. That's just kind of the way it is. And they're people. They're fathers and mothers. And then uncles and grandparents, and and they have a home, and they have a life to live, and all of those things. Now, here's the deal. Life is, I could say life is a journey. Life is a song. Somebody said, uh, you know, it's like playing a piano. It's how you play it as to what you get out of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, here's a story that I want to kind of conclude with. Um the scale on the piano. And and when you play it right, when you do it properly, and then you've got to put in the pauses, folks. Now, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm making myself clear or not, but with all of the rush and all of the, the struggles and, and uh, rapping and carrying and getting everything, put in the pauses because it's the pauses that make the whole thing sound just the way it should. Here it is. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, (laughs) but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, 
but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. good news she was talking about. All right, what else can we say, folks? This is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story as a Public Service. We'll see you later.